Are you in a simulation? Maybe. How's it going? My name is Brendan, and you're listening to Mulder Was Right, Conspiracies, and Alternative Facts. I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Curtis. All right, Curtis. Uh, we have a, we have an interesting episode for you today. We we do. We um we did a little differently this week. We did some uh, joint research. Joint research, uh, yes. Usually we do uh, mono research. <laughs> Today we did duo research. Duo research. We actually researched all together, so we know all the same information. Yeah. Um, it. You would think that would mean we have twice as much information as normal, uh, but like Brendan just said, we don't. We all have the same information. <laughs> um, so really, I'm not promising any more greater quality or thoroughness <laughs> here. Like, we're running the same kind of boat. <laughs> anyway, um no, uh, we did do our research separately, so we do um, have different stuff to talk about. Um, as you heard at the beginning of the episode, uh, we're going to be talking about simulations and stuff like that. Simulation theory. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but before we get into that... Before. Um, I would like to once again talk about the super cool uh, survey that you can go to, um, tiny.cc slash mwrcast, and uh, you can take that quiz... Uh, take the survey. It's not very long. Um, if we get enough people to participate, we will do a giveaway uh, so you can get some super cool Mulder was right themed things or potentially not Mulder was right themed things. Um, but we need more. Uh, it's really going to help us out and tell us sort of what we're going to do or what, what we're going to be doing for the rest of the year and how we're going to be structuring our episodes. Uh, so let us know what you want. So, yeah. So yeah, and yeah. yeah, right now we we don't um we're not yet doing a giveaway. We're yes, we're not yet so, doing a giveaway. But tell your friends who listen to the podcast uh, to first listen to the podcast, um, or tell your friends that don't listen to the podcast to listen to the podcast, and um, tell them to also take the quiz. And uh, if we get enough participants, as I said, we'll be doing a giveaway, um, and that will be separate from from the. From the survey, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and you know it only takes about five minutes, and uh, it really, it really will help us. It out. improves the quality of your yes. life from the from f- from the bottom of your heart. If you could do this for us, like it's like if you're thinking about like going to church or talking to a therapist or like taking some antidepressants, you can instead take this survey. It's fulfilling in similar ways. Uh, it uh, it will not uh, help with with those specific uh, issues that you may have. It will. But um, it, it will, will it will be uh, it will be fulfilling. You will be a better person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, why don't we why do we hop right into the topic? Uh, simulation theory. So, Curtis, what is simulation theory? Well, it's the theory that we're all living in a simulation. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> in fact, I'm pretty sure those were the exact words that I was going to say as I have written on my notepad. Your your notepad, Brendan just held up a single sheet of paper, <laughs> not even a full-sized sheet of paper, a single small sheet of paper. <laughs> I have I have notes, but they wouldn't fit on my notepad. Like 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 the sheets of paper wouldn't stay on the notepad. Oh, so. yeah, okay. Okay. But but um, I do have notes. 
so yeah we're gonna talk about simulation theory if you've ever seen uh a little movie called the matrix then you're familiar with this idea um yes in the matrix human beings are living inside a computer simulation um while their real world bodies are tapped for energy by robots Mm -hmm. um i would like to talk for a minute about the uh laws of thermodynamics and how um you it doesn't work in the matrix like the robots are supposedly harvesting humans for energy um and using the human energy to like create electricity and then power all their robot beings um it still doesn't work because you still have to put and the humans need to get their energy from somewhere um and And then then it's just a reduced feedback there it's not a good it doesn't work yeah um and and simulationary uh simulation theory does not hinge on uh these these beans using humans for batteries no yeah that's just Um, what happens in the matrix yeah it's just what happens in the matrix but um it's it's sort of similar and it's a really easy uh diving off point because it's a very popular movie that a lot of people have seen um so simulation uh, simulation I, I can never say this correctly uh simulation theory simi theory simi theory um is um it's not really a conspiracy theory per se um i mean you know there are people who who believe in simulation theory and they believe that it is happening um a lot of scientists and mainstream media have um said it's not really it's not really a thing that is happening uh, mostly just because there's not a lot of proof for it. Um, so it's more of like a thought experiment. Exactly. Um, and I mean, there are uh, mainstream individuals that do believe in it. I mean, Elon mm-hmm. Musk is a big name, for instance, yep. uh, the Martian, mm-hmm. who believes that we are very likely living in a simulation. Um, and, and, and you know, note Curtis said very likely. Uh, there's not really 100% real proof of of any of this really there yeah and and it kind of begs the question of like what would be proof that we're living in a simulation um like is it that we have to like look in a microscope and we zoom in far enough and eventually we start seeing the pixels or something like yeah i mean i mean i mean there's a lot of things like you know we've all played the sims right no You've never played I, The I Sims? I don't think we have all in on this planet Earth done that. <laughs> well, well, there's a computer I, game. I have played The there's Sims. There's a computer game called The Sims. <laughs> and basically, what The Sims is... What is Sim short for, Brandon? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, simulations. Oh. I don't know. I don't know, actually. <laughs> but um, basically, uh, you get to play God and uh, have your sims do things and you know you can get rid of doors and have them catch on fire and and burn things and everything Mm -hmm. that's my favorite way to play uh basically make your sims miserable in the game um that uh you know that lends credit towards our world being a simulation because if, if if it's just enjoyable to create a simulation then just make everyone miserable inside of it um i think that's good evidence that we're living in a simulation i mean i mean you know uh, everyone sort of uh, makes the joke, as well as the accusation. You know, sometimes it's a joke, sometimes it's a, it, it is a legitimate accusation that um, Donald Trump may have had the uh, the election uh, rigged by Russia. Um, well, what if uh, ulterior beings actually rigged the election to have Donald Trump elected? Beings controlling our simulation. Exactly. You mean yes? I guess they like. It would be a much broader uh, scope 
than just the election, though. They would have rigged all of reality and everything that everything. has ever happened. So it's true. It's true. At that point, it's a question of are they really rigging the election <laughs> or are they just creating, creating the existence that could possibly hold the election? Um, it's a good question. You could argue that uh, if you believe in, in God in a traditional Christian sense, you could argue God rigged the election by creating the universe. It, it, it's true. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different play with this and, and, and this, this topic that we're going to be talking about, um, is going to be more of like a conversation. We're going to be going back and forth, very just fluidy into different things. Very fluidy into different things. Uh, it's not really going to be too structured. Yeah. uh, Um, have you heard of now? There's something I learned about uh, a long time ago uh, called Plato's Allegory of the Cave. I have You've heard of, heard this. of yes. this thanks to specific videos that I watched. And yes. I will I will link to these videos um, and all of our information that we got for this episode. We will link to these on our uh, on our website. Or do our normal source thing. Yes. Uh, do, do you want to go into the allegory for us? Um, Bring us into that? I will let, I will let you do okay. it. Okay. So... Um, uh, we're, we're thinking about the philosopher Plato here. Now, yes. um, Plato lived a long-ass time ago in the year, I don't really know, um, you know, like 500 or zero or whatever. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure it was BC. Plato. I'm going to Google that real quick and just talk a little bit to cover up. Um, anyway, so Plato's <laughs> Allegory of the Cave is essentially um, a simulation theory, an idea questioning uh whether or not we we lived in a simulated reality we're looking at about uh 400 bc okay um and now there weren't there weren't any computers around then obviously so um plato's allegory of the game talks about shadows on a wall like think about some beings that are locked in a cave they're chained up and all they can see are some shadows moving on a wall um and some people are projecting the shadows they're basically playing like uh shadow puppets um, and all these people can see are the shadows and um, they've never seen anything else their entire lives. And so to them, these shadows seem like reality. They seem like that's all there is. And so then Plato poses the question, what would happen if one day one of these people broke loose of their chains somehow or got released? And, 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 you know, that's, that's where everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have you have you know this person. They go out into the real world and they see not only shadows, but they see the things making those shadows. Mm-hmm. They see they see trees, they see plants, they see people, they see birds, they see they see a bunch of different things, and and because of that, it is it is so different from what they know, so different from what they know. Yeah, they've only ever seen shadows on a wall. That they will be that they will be scared. And they will go back into the cave and go back to what is what is normal to them, what mm-hmm. is what is uh, like relaxing or what they know. Right. And it's applicable to in in uh, less extreme cases like our idea of a comfort zone. Like if you're used to doing a certain routine every day and just going to your one job and doing your one thing and you're happy doing your routine and then you change it up and then it's scary and then you go back to your normal routine. Um, uh it's applicable in that sort of sense. And it's also applicable, you know, in a greater sense of like, how do we know the reality we're seeing is not just some shadows on a cave. And how do we know that one day we won't like wake up from our chains and look outside the cave and see something unimaginable. Um, that's super crazy that we never could have possibly con- 
conceived. Um, and, you know, I mean, we're not going to know. And you um, don't know. That's that's kind of the, the crux is that you don't know. Exactly. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of TV shows and uh, spe- uh, specifically episodes of Scrubs. I remember this one episode of Scrubs, <laughs> a great I've show. I've seen a lot of TV shows, specifically Scrubs. <laughs> great show. I've watched that show uh, probably uh, twice all the way through. Regardless, um, there's this one episode of Scrubs where uh, JD and Turk are trying to figure out um, what wh- what this man is uh, uh, is like what he's what he's sick with, um, and Doctor Cox is also trying to find out. And uh, they take his urine, uh, the patient's urine. They take it, and they and they accidentally leave a cup of it outside, and it turns purple. Mm. Um, so they mistakenly. Uh, are able to diagnose him at that point because they look up purple pee mm-hmm. and what and what that usually means mm-hmm. and so and so they go and tell the man and um, it's just like really difficult disease that is that is like very very uh, like deadly right and and he, and he doesn't have a high chance of living okay uh, but they tell him and he is he is relieved he's relieved to know what it is right and they're like they're like why are you why are you so relieved it's really difficult to treat and he's like i'm just happy to know what it is it's a known enemy and so knowing knowing things is just it i feel like i'm going back on my point actually <laughs> now that i've now that i've gotten to the end uh, but no, you're you're interrogating the question <laughs> of knowing and that's what simulation theory sort of does interrogate is um if if we're living in a simulation then technically everything we've experienced and everything we know is not true is not real um and that is an unsettling thought for us to um think that all our knowledge is faulty because you know we we evolved and and grew as a species um as a species that works very well with knowledge and needs our knowledge to survive and we learn okay the river's over there and our food's over there and in the winter it gets cold and we have to plant the crops at a certain time and all of that knowledge is important to our survival mm-hmm. and so when we find out that our knowledge is faulty that's very unsettling to us because it threatens you know sort of passively threatens our survival in that sense yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and so knowing is knowledge is power and knowing can give us that sense of calm and relief even if um we're just we're learning that we are defeated or even if we know now you know in that case that man knew that he was going to die but he knew then his fate mm-hmm. and it wasn't uncertain and yeah 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 so i guess i guess you know knowing that knowing those knowing those shadow puppets knowing that there's there's relief in knowing Right, exactly. Um, and, and and it follows back to the allegory, you know, the unknown is outside of the cave. And that's that's what's scary about it because the shadow puppets are what we know. Outside mm-hmm. of the cave is what we don't know. Um, and the unknown is risky. Just like um, walking around in the dark at night is scary because it's dark and you can't see anything and we don't know what might be out there. And we have evolved to be afraid of that because it's safer when we just chill in our houses at night and go to sleep then go walk around and maybe get eaten by wolves or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, uh, speaking of other old philosophers, um, there's another guy, uh, named Rene Descartes. Have you heard of that guy? Uh, I don't think so. Spelled, uh, Descartes. 
Descartes. Yeah, Descartes. Um, <laughs> he was a French philosopher uh, around, uh, he lived 1596 to 1650. So popping ahead about, you know, 2000 years. A long time, yeah. Um, still very much in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, came up with a very common phrase. We've all heard it before. Um, I think, therefore, I am. Yeah. 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 So I've heard that. Um, his branch of philosophy, which is kind of Cartesian philosophy, uh, going off of Descartes, um, is exactly that, that we cannot be sure. Um, it, it sort of branches off of the allegory of the cave and says, like, we cannot be sure of anything we are, our senses are telling us. Like, there's no, like, there could be demons or something, you know, casting shadows on the wall, and that's what we're seeing, and they're poking us in certain ways, and that's our feelings, and they're making sounds, and they're tricking us into mm-hmm. seeing all of these things. It all could be, like, magic, or, you know, in these days, a computer simulation. Um, but we know one thing for certain, and that is that there are thoughts in our brain. Yes. And that seems unsimulatable. And so, at the very base... um, Descartes argued that you know you exist sort of because you obviously exist. It seems um, sort of an obvious point to make, but it is an important point to make of I am thinking, therefore I exist. And um, that is, I I think, important to point out of this uh, idea of simulation theory. Because if you think about like what happens in the Matrix, we have the main character, Neo, who uh, is living his life in the matrix in the simulated reality. And then he wakes up and he's in the real world, but it's of course still continually the same character. He's still the same person he was mm-hmm. in the matrix as he is in the real world. And the only, and the only, uh, same thing that connects the two is, is his mind, right? Is, is his him. mind that's, that's being carried through. And even his body doesn't go into the matrix, the matrix yeah. but just his mind does. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is uh, central to this sort of idea that um, ourselves are not just our bodies, but sort of our like spirits or our being inside ourselves. I kind of like to call it a gestalt of, of ourselves. Yeah. Gestalt means uh, a whole greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So now I've talked for a while and <laughs> well, Curtis, those are some of the, some of the kind of philosophers I wanted to bring up because they're, I just wanted to point out, this is an idea that like, is not a new idea. Yeah. That it's has, been, that, you know, we as human beings have been thinking about this for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just going into the 20th and 21st century, um, you know, we, we now think about uh, more of just like the, the actual computer simulation part. Right. The existence of computers has, um, you know, and our ability to create, you know, worlds within them um, has brought it, you know, more forefront to our mind and been like, oh, shit, this is like maybe actually possible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we we as humans right now um, are able to create computer simulations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, based on that fact, um, what what is, you know, what is making it so that we're not in a simulation. Right. Who's to say? Yeah. Who's to say we're not in a simulation. It's a, you know, it's a big theory there. Um, so, so, um, I want to point out a, a couple things here. Um, if we were in a computer simulation, um, there would be five things that would, that would need to reign true. Five specific points. Alrighty. And I'm going to, and I'm going to go over these five specific points. Um, so, uh, point one, 
Um, it is possible to simulate consciousness. Now, that's a big, big part here, um, especially because uh, chances are um, for every for every like billion trillion uh, or or for every like one one actually living living person living living being um, based based on this theory, there's going to be like like a million trillion or whatever. Um, a lot more simulated consciousness. So chances are we aren't the ones who are who are the living, you know, beings. We are the ones who are uh, who are simulated. Right. Um, because um, you're saying that we're like uh, that it's it's really easy to make. Theoretically, it's easy to make a simulated consciousness. And so theoretically, they're. In the future, there may be a bunch of them. Well, chances are, chances are, um, if you were if you were one of the one of the people who was not a simulated consciousness, you would know that you're not a simulated consciousness. You would know at least that you were not the consciousness as you were simulating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we know that we are not currently simulating any consciousnesses. Yeah. That. Yeah. That I know of. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, there but, might be some like in my left butt cheek or something. I don't know. So, 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 so let's talk about how much computing power it would, it would take to simulate, um, to simulate consciousness. Mm. Now, um, uh, these specific stats that I took, um, were from, were from a really cool video. Once again, I'll link, I'll link to it. Um, but, uh, they said that the brain runs at approximately 10 to the power of 20 per second. That's how many. That's how many actions that the brain takes per second. Okay. Yeah, per second. That's a lot of actions. That's, that's a lot of that's actions. That's one and then twenty zeros. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of actions a second. Yeah, um, and and they they theorized that that would be uh, about how much it would take per second. Now you need a pretty big computer, pretty pretty massive computer to be able to uh, compute just one second per per simulated consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so let me just, let me just tell you how many operations that that computer would need to handle. Uh, a computer must handle a million, trillion, trillion, trillion operations per second. That's a lot of them. I don't know. Do you happen to know offhand that if that's like comparable to like a desktop computer or a laptop, like how much they're doing a second? You know, I, I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's clearly, clearly a supercomputer, um, that is like, um, I think. Yeah, I, it's a big computer, and it's and it's nothing that we know of today. Mm-hmm. It is is absolutely astronomically high. It's nothing that we have ever seen. Nothing that we ever that we've ever theorized. It's just we just we just can't fathom that at okay. this point. Um, and I want to point out that that would be more operations um, than stars in our known world, or not not world, but known known space. Yeah, that that is a lot. More stars. Yeah. Now. Now, theoretically, um, there are there are other um, potential. Uh, uh, what am I looking for? Planets, uh, civilizations. There you go. Civilizations that that can that that have that computing power. Um, and so and so, getting to getting to the second point, um, tech uh, and you know, with our uh, with looking at us, uh, technology won't stop. That's that's point number two. Mm-hmm. That our technology won't stop. It'll keep growing. It'll you know keep going as we, 
as as we learn and we're able to you know do more things. Um, currently, we are um, uh, civilizations can be compared uh, in three different types. Um, uh, type one, basically, uh, that means that they are able to uh, harness all of the energy on its planet. Um, currently, uh, the Earth is uh, not even type one uh, type yeah. of civilization. Um, and this is the uh, uh, Kardashev scale. Yeah, like sort of like theoretical. I think I yeah I think I know the scale you're talking about. It's like a theoretical um, sort of civilizational scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have not even reached the first one. So yeah. obviously it's not something we're really grading ourselves by at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, type two uh, civilizations, um, they can harness the energy and this is, and this is like all energy to be able to right. uh, effectively use all of the energy um, for type one that, that, that your planet gives off. Right. Um, and then type two would be harness all the energy of your home star. Right. Thus being like the sun. Yeah, which would be like a massive amount of um, doing. Yeah, there are You'd there be are doing a lot of work with that. Energy. Exactly. Um, there are there are a lot of theories, um, like like theoretical ways to harness uh, that energy, but we wouldn't be able to do it at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the the video that I saw um, was like, hey, we can put a giant dome around the sun. <laughs> like a big, just big dome of solar panels. Like a big, like a big, like a big energy. circle, and now it's. No, it's in it. Yeah. And then we harness that energy. Yep. Um, and the type three would be to harness all energy of its entire galaxy. Yeah. So clearly that is a massive, massive amount of of energy. Yeah, we're talking about far future. And yeah, and we are and we as we said, uh type one, um, I think they theorized that it would probably take about uh two million years for us to get there. Yeah. I I think it would. I think they said two million years. Uh, it might have been. It might have been two hundred years or about five hundred years. Okay. For us to get to those are two very different numbers. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. Speci- regardless, regardless, we're far away. Well, one of them is a lot closer. <laughs> it's still two million and two hundred. It's two very different amounts of time. Like two hundred years is like my great 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 grandchildren. Like two million years, like I can't even say that many greats. But I get your point. Like it would take some time to just tap out the earth completely of energy. Yeah. Um, and then even more time to tap out the sun. And then, you know, it grows exponentially from there, obviously. Um Yeah. Uh and so and so yeah, go ahead. Keep and talking. so a lot of this a lot of this leans into um specifically the Fermi paradox. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm very familiar with that. Which you I also need to explain it for anyone. We all know what it is. Which I also kind of want to talk about um, <laughs> because it's because it's sort of related. Um, because because yeah, in order I think it is related in order in order for us to be be in a simulated uh, world in a simulated galaxy, um, we would need to uh, specifically have a power that is further than us. We'd have to have some sort of uh, beings or something that are. That are further than us something technology running the simulation yeah theoretically so, yeah something has to run that simulation and clearly we can't do that at this point and yeah. clearly, cl- clearly we're not because we can't run the simulation that we're that we're in if right. we're if we're like at the same yeah it just it just doesn't work so, so yeah what is the fermi paradox so the fermi paradox walk us through this um the fermi paradox is basically um you know the earth the Earth is four billion years old. 
Yep. And the Milky Way galaxy is 13.6 billion years old. So clearly that's a that's a it's a big difference. Um the universe about, is, is pretty old, yeah. It's about it's about 9 9 billion mm-hmm. uh difference. And so um chances are um you know if we if we are now um you know progressing and trying to send out and find find specific life forms out out in the in the galaxy um chances are um specific other planets in in various other solar systems will have will have developed you know it's it's basically the understanding that earth is not unique mm-hmm. and that and that you know i mean we have I believe we've uh, gone out and found something like two million different uh, planets that are very similar to Earth that are very suitable for life right. to to live on, and and you know Earth is not as I said not the not the oldest uh, planet in in the galaxy. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it conceivable is, that there's a planet older than Earth that's maybe like a billion years older than Earth that like life could have developed on and civilization could have developed on on that planet a billion years ago and it's like um fairly like statistically likely that that's occurred yeah exactly just based on the amount the vast vast amount of planets I mean, that I mean, exist as i said there's there's something like 2 million of the planets that we've discovered right that are that are suitable for life they're very similar to earth um they're in the correct uh zone that is similar to um, to like the correct space f- away from their home star right. for it to be not too cold or not too hot. Like like there are a lot of suitable candidates for life to form. And there's there's some sort of like a statistic I heard once, and I don't remember all the exact numbers, but it's like if you took all the stars in the universe and then you said, okay, let's say one percent of those has like a planet that's in the habitable zone, and then let's say one percent of those planets actually has a chance for life to develop and then like one percent of those actually develops a civilization like you're dropping by great powers each time but just because there's like so many stars in the universe to begin with that you still end up with such a massive amount of planets that likely developed a civilization um and be and like we said before it's it's uh very likely that a lot of those developed way before earth Way before us, yeah, which would mean those civilizations are billions of years old, and yeah, and they are, and they are, they are, they are way further than us. I mean, I mean, uh, like, uh, like humans, humans on, um, on Earth have only have only lived like something like one percent, one percent of, um, of like the the span of the Earth, right? Yeah, and or even, like not even. I don't even really know, but like, yeah, we've we our existence in the reality of of our planet and our galaxy and the universe uh, is very small. It's so small. You can watch Cosmos and Neil deGrasse Tyson or uh, Carl Sagan will tell you about it. Exactly. Um, so so basically basically the Fermi paradox is hedging on the fact that so if you know we have all these planets that could have civilizations and they uh, statistically should have civilizations. Why haven't we seen any? Why, yet? Yeah, like where why are have they? we? Why have we not interacted with them right, yet? Because they should already exist. They should already be really technologically. They advanced. should be way ahead of us. Um. So, so where are they? Um, so where are they? And I don't know if you want to get into answers of that question yet, but I know that like there, there's uh there's like a couple reasons of like why haven't we met them? Um, 
one of them being like, well, interstellar travel is just like impossible and it's like not crackable and there's no way to really go faster than light. And so um, that's why no one's really gotten to us because it's just too hard to. Yeah. Um, that's one of them. Um, also, uh, there could be something along the lines of uh, specific barriers that they um, that specific other civilizations haven't been able to overcome, such as, you know, for instance, our our specific barriers right now. You know, we have uh, we have climate change um, earlier um, in our time. We had the Ice Age. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we potentially went to nuclear war and we could still you know, blow each other up and do that. That's still right. something that could theoretically happen. And, and like all of these barriers in order for a civilization to be able to thrive and potentially, um, you know, get to, uh, interstellar travel or be able to actually reach out and find these specific other civilizations, um, is that, you know, we have to overcome these barriers and maybe none of the other civilizations have done that. Maybe they can't overcome this exactly these, these barriers um and uh yeah and that and that is like one of the more troubling realizations of this paradox yeah. is like <laughs> why haven't we met them well because maybe all advanced civilizations just destroy themselves as just like a part of it happening um and that tells us that we are likely going to do the same um if that's true which is which is which is really depressing when doing research for this uh for this episode i actually got kind of depressed uh, with a lot yeah. of the with a lot of the stuff that we were looking into, I'm just like, oh, turns out we uh, we're not as smart as we think we are. Yeah, <laughs> turns out turns out we might be alone in the universe. That's depressing. <laughs> um, yeah, um, of- or or that like it's the nature of um, these intelligence to fight between themselves, um, mm-hmm. and so like in that case we're just waiting for them like once we see them they're just going to destroy us and take our planet which is which is also not good for us right which is also bad um, um yeah so and um another thing uh another one of the one of the points on to why we haven't met anyone yet um could also be that we're not communicating correctly you know we're just sending space junk out into space hoping that someone sees or hears it or does something um either uh these advanced civilizations might not be looking looking where we're, where we're sending this stuff. They might not be looking where we are. Um, also, you know, uh, you know, think for a minute, um, you're sitting in your room and instead of picking up the phone and trying to call your friend, uh, what if you were just sending Morse code to your friend Yeah. and, and they, and they don't know Morse code, you know, you sending that is just irrelevant. It's just not helpful. Um, or even if you were just like trying to yell at your friend from your room, from your room, who's in, who's across town, you know, and that would be not effective. Um, exactly. And you can also think about like, um, you know, a couple hundred, year, 250 years ago or whenever we, uh, we discovered radio waves and before that we didn't know radio waves existed. And then we discovered like x-rays and all these other um, uh, radiations that we could not previously detect that are now vital to our living. You know, like Wi-Fi is like an invisible connection that our computers are making right now. Um, and, Maybe they are sending us some sort of Wi-Fi that we just don't have detectors for, and they're trying to talk to us, and we just like can't hear it. In that sense, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way you were saying uh, with Morse code. So yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons why potentially we haven't uh, reached out and made contact uh, with somebody out there. Um, uh, alternatively, um, there could also be another reason why we are not communicating with other people, um, and it's because. Uh, poten- or not specifically other people, but you know, aliens, 
Um, but it could also be um, something along the lines of we are living in a computer simulation and uh-huh. there's nothing else. Because we are the simulated. Because we are the simulated right, exactly. universe. Um, you know, we may continually send stuff out, um, but they just there just might not be anything else. Mm-hmm. Like n- nothing else is created. Or, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there might just, just not be anything else. Yeah. Um, and another theory that uh, for this idea is that um, perhaps a civilization once advanced enough... Um, Perhaps like the idea of of civilizations contacting each other is a very human idea that is not like aliens wouldn't give a shit at all about contacting other people just because it wouldn't be nature natural for their existence to do so because perhaps these aliens are so like uncomprehendable that they're just fundamentally different than us and so they don't even want to talk um, or to get back on simulations perhaps when a it a civilization gets sufficiently technology advanced um, maybe they just put themselves all in a big simulation where they're all happy all the time. And, um, and, and that's, that's one of the really big points with that as right. well. And so they don't need to search why, the galaxy. Cause they why just, search the galaxy for things when you could just be happy in your own place. Right. They just make a big computer and they go live in that. Um, and maybe that's, and that's kind of nice if we're heading towards that. Like that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen, I've seen a lot of, a lot of episodes of black mirror where, uh, things seem okay until they turn to shit. Right. There actually is an episode about a simulated reality, the yeah. San Bernardino episode that is actually a nice That was a great episode. It's a happy ending yeah. in that episode. Um so so this brings me back to um to my specific five points. So once again, the first point was um it's possible to simulate uh consciousness. Um and the second point was technology won't stop, we will continue growing. Okay. Um and uh, point three, we actually talked about this while we were talking about the Fermi paradox, um, is that advanced civilizations don't destroy themselves. Yeah, um, and that's a that's a big point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then point four would be advanced simulations want to or advanced civilizations want to run simulations. Yeah, they care enough to do. They that. They care to do this. Um, not theoretically, busy playing bocce ball or whatever. Theoretically, they may have you know come come to our planet and. And they found humans, and they wanted to run simula- uh, uh, simulations to try and see, you know, how our history played out or something. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, if they simulate um, enough times and do it enough, they'll get a rough idea of um, of how how our history played out. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, because if you do it so many times, chances are it's going to end up one of those ways. Mm. And you know. We're not we're not unique enough, and we're not different enough to where it's going to be too different every time we do it. Exactly. Um, yeah, and you can just like account for the variables of, exactly. of whatever you encounter, and and plug those in, um, yep. and then things can just unfold deterministically from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want to. Uh, do you have more points you're going to make on this five point thing? I mean, yeah. Before I, I pop in here, again? I have. A, I have. That was that. That was point four. That was point four. Um, but but we can get to point five. In a minute. Okay. Um, well, I do want to talk about... Um, we're talking about, like, growth of technology and, like, these... Uh, the existence of, like, vast computer simulations and, like, vast technological capabilities such as traveling between the stars. Things that seem very far away from us mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, there is a theory uh, called uh, the technological singularity. Have you ever heard of this? I believe so, but uh, explain it to yes. me. Yes. Um, so... The basic idea of the theory is that technolo- technological growth uh, increases exponentially. So 
um back when we in the paleolithic period we just like had rocks and so we couldn't build a lot of stuff a lot of technologies because we just had rocks like for instance we couldn't build like a factory just with, just with rocks but eventually someone figured out how to make a hammer and they put a rock on a stick and they made a hammer and now you like oh and they got a little piece of rock that's sort of sharp and then oh they made a hammer and nails and now they can sort of build houses and then once you can build houses your civilization is a little better and now you can sort of make a forge inside that building and and you can uh make fire and and using you can forge a better hammer and then using a better hammer you can make a better building and um it builds from there and then at some point uh you know, you can actually make a factory with some like automated machines in them. Um, and then these automated machines can make even better things that they can build up upon themselves. Um, and so we've seen this over the course of like the 19th and 20th century. Um, the amount of technological advancement has been far greater uh, than that's ever been seen before in human history. And it's, and it's, and it's very exponential. And it's still growing. I mean, you think about, you know, the difference between computers today and 20 years ago you know 20 like years ago it and computers today it's a huge difference you know we were we were saving like like you know 16 16 megabytes on floppy disks and right. now what the hell's a floppy disk right exactly and you know 16 16 megabytes like what can you put on that that's like a song maybe you know like um and so the idea is to carry this idea into the future and say well okay so where are we heading next if technological growth just gets faster and faster and faster um the idea of the technological singularity is that at some point it starts to grow beyond our control and the sort of idea behind that is um whenever we can make an intelligence that's greater than our own and so whenever we make something smarter than us then it can start improving on itself and then things get exponential from there um and theorists of, of this idea uh, argue that we are near that brink. We are near that point of unlimited returns. And although it doesn't seem very much like it, but um, they argue that if our computer systems continue to grow at the rate they're growing, um, that we will have an artificial intelligence capable of improving itself uh, sooner than we think. And then at that point, um, things will get out of our control. Do you know um, specifically uh, like the time frame that they're theorizing? There is, um, man, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name, but there's a guy that was sort of like, uh, like eight or eight, eight or nine years ago. He was kind of the, the head guy on this. Um, and I haven't checked up on him in a while, but he, he argued that, um, uh, Ray, oh man, Ray something. Uh, I'll figure out in like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, he argued that it was the year, like roughly the year 2030. Wow. Was wow. Be, like, that is, that is very at soon. That point. And, and it was literally, um, like soon after that point, we would like achieve immortality through either like, um, biological technologies that the computer is unlocking for us or just by living in a simulation that this computer then can then create for you see, us. You see, you see, this is actually very interesting. Um, uh, I watched this show on Netflix called, uh, what, what was it called? Um, it's this, it's this really bad show on Netflix um, starring uh, the dude from friends or not friends. Uh, the, <laughs> the dude from Will and Grace. Uh, Will. Yeah, Will. Will okay. from Will and Grace. Um, and it's this really, like, I don't know, 
um, it's kind of like it's kind of like a TV show that you would watch on like CBS, like it's like a, like a CSI mm-hmm. sort of production value show. So like the writing isn't super great, but you know it's fun to watch. Uh, and so basically, the show is uh, it's called Travelers. Okay. Um, they have they discovered time travel um, uh, from this computer. And this and this computer sends travelers back in time into people who are um, about to die, and okay. and then they're able to stop stop them from dying. But because they were supposed to die, then um, they don't have any more consciousness. So now this new person has then taken over their consciousness. Okay. Um. And so and so this is sort of like this like this singularity, um, that is that is so powerful and it's telling these humans what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's repeatedly, you know, sending them back, um, in order to try and, you know, stop specific things that humans screw up in the future. Um, but it's able to run these simulations and run through and do all of these things in order to, um, in order to try and save the world. There we go. Yeah. So it's, so it's a very similar concept. Yeah. It's, it's sort of fantastical. Yeah. Cause it's a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it was Ray Kurzweil. I just looked it up. Ray Kurzweil. Okay, yeah. he's just like an old dude, and he's literally like, he was born in 1948, and he's just like trying as hard as he can to make it to the year 2030. I he, hope he does because he's pretty sure we'll all be immortal at that point. So he wants to be immortal, obviously, and so he like, <laughs> he's 69 right now. So you know, he's it's doable. He could do he it. He could live 12 could more years. It. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I I hope that he does. But it. he could also not live 12 more years. So like. <laughs> It's kind of a little like uh, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, I wonder if Raker's while still alive. Like <laughs> every like every you know like like year and a half, you know, I'm just like, I wonder if Raker's yeah. while still alive. Uh, I and mean, I haven't checked up on him in a while, so I'm happy to see that he is still alive. He's still making it. Um, and he he invented some. He uh, was an inventor, and he came up with some computer stuff and some uh, uh text to speech synthesis and speech recognition technology. That's what Wikipedia is telling me. Um, uh, and so like, he's kind of within the realm of technology, um, but he's really like, uh, sort of the, the front man for this whole like singularity movement. He wrote a book about it. Um, that was impossible to read. It wasn't, it, I tried to read like the first two pages of it and it was just horrible. Oh, okay. Um, it was just really hard to comprehend. Yeah. It, it was unreadable. Clearly, clearly you don't have like, clearly you know, I'm really dumb. Clearly you don't have like the hundred. 20 I, I don't know iq i don't actually understand how iq is uh, rated so it's numbers numbers yeah, yeah 100 is average okay so it turns out you don't have a high iq <laughs> um very very high iq but perhaps or maybe he was bad at writing a book yeah, or i also... just don't want to read books because it was just him sort of repeating the same points over and over again okay. that i was kind of already like competent you on see about. you see so that's like... that's how i used to write essays in like high school yeah, um, you just repeat the same point over and over again, like like you it's just a good way to write an essay just, in high school. You just you just write a sentence and then you the next sentence you say the same thing. Yeah, but with different words. I think high school teachers kind of know what we're doing with that, but they just stop stopped caring <laughs> and just are like oh, just like Christ. I they have to write a lot of essays. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so point five, Curtis. Oh God, we're still getting the point five. Point five. Forgot. Um, and so, and so point five is if there are already simulations, you are probably inside one. So if all five of these points are correct, then once again, chances are you're probably already inside a, simula- uh, a simulation. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what does that mean for, 
for like for like these computers. You know, theoretically, you don't have to render everything all at the same time. Um, for instance, I have a VR headset, and when I'm looking one direction, uh, the stuff behind me, they don't need to render it right. because I'm not looking there. Um, and so, in order to save on valuable computing space, is that anything that's not being used um, in in these simulations, you know. It doesn't it have to be rendered. Be there. For instance, um, right now, um, I can see into my bathroom, but I can't see into my shower. So my shower is just not rendered. It's just not there. Right. It might as well not be there. Exactly. Right. And then when we turn the corner, it gets rendered. And Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and... and It makes you really want to, like, dart real quick around the corner. <laughs> all, all the time. In <laughs> yeah. um, uh, The video that I watched that explained a lot of this to me um, was... Say, for instance, you you take the leg of the chair and, you know, it could be hollow until you open it mm-hmm. and look inside. You know, I may I may think that there are uh, like a lot of intestines and, you know, goop. organs and goop all inside of me, but it could just not be rendered until we open. Right. Me. Yeah, exactly. It brings to the question also a classic question of if a tree falls in the wood and if the tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it doesn't make a sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, questioning, like, does the world continue to exist when we're not observing it? Um, and, like, and also the idea of, like, is observation crucial to the nature of, like, inanimate things existing? Um, which is an interesting thing to think about that um, also uh, doesn't have a direct answer. Um, yeah. But it's kind of like what you're talking about here. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, theoretically like, uh, you know, um, there's technologies that we could never even imagine that might, you know, work in an entirely different way than we've ever conceived. And so like, maybe they don't even have to worry about that processing speed issue. It's um, yeah. hundred percent true as well. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I guess I I guess the real question is I mean and as we said earlier this is this isn't really like a conspiracy theory it's more of just like a scientific theory mm-hmm. um, and a lot of scientists say well there's no way to prove this so it's chances are it's bogus chances are it's not a thing um, it's a lot more of like scien- a ph- philosophical theory I would argue yeah 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 um, but scientists still you know claim that this is or generally scientists claim that this theory is is bogus it's not like a thing that that happens well yeah there's no evidence for it exactly so, exactly know, there's no evidence therefore it's not worth investigating pursuing. into yeah. really it but it um it is an interesting thing to think about um and like i said before there are uh you know famous minds that think about it like elon musk thinks it's likely we're living in a simulation mm-hmm. um neil degrasse tyson has said it's possible that we are um uh do you have i have some more stuff that i want to talk to towards the end of us talking about things. How, do you have more stuff? I also wanted to talk about something that uh, is towards the end of what we were going to be talking about, but <laughs> I will go first. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, say, say we are living in a simulation, you know, let's just, let's just say that, let's say it, let's just, we're you know, in go out on a limb here and say that we are, we said it. Um, what does that mean for you and me? What does that mean for us? Right. Well, as I said earlier, chances are, um, you are not the one who is actually, um, maybe, maybe like an actual, uh, like living consciousness. You are 
probably just 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 a simulated consciousness. Right. Yeah. We we have like there's the idea of like there's the idea the Matrix takes, which is like you have a body, but your senses are being deceived, which is what's happening in the Matrix. Like Neo has a body in the real yeah. world, and and um, and and most of the, uh, and most of most of this theory doesn't actually. Um, go with what the matrix is right. is portraying um it, and yeah what i'm saying is like there's that and then there's also we are just a consciousness in a computer and there is no real body yeah ever there's no to. there's yeah. no real body for us it's yeah we're not tech uh, we're not connected to anything um we're just you know lines of code thinking mm-hmm. that we're doing things right but you know at the same time we are thinking that we are doing these things right we, we are we are perceiving the world as it is and is presented to us um so what we should do is we should, you know, not freak out, not, not even change anything really, you know? Yeah. Like it still hurts when you punch a wall. It still hurts when you get cut you still have to eat food. You still die if you're hungry. Like, um, none of the realities of existence have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the example that, um, that the video that I watched, uh, said specifically, um, uh, do not go and uh, burn your house down looking for glitches. Right. I'd recommend not doing that. Um, because conceivably the program could handle it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of houses have burned down <laughs> in the history of what we know. Exactly. They fire is very <laughs> fire in our, in video games in our world is difficult to render. That is true. But, um, if this is a simulation, they seem to be ha- handling fire just fine. Yeah. Um, as I said, it's a huge right. supercomputer. And like if we are just lines of code, um, it kind of brings in nature of like, is existence kind of arbitrary? Because like it doesn't matter if I'm kind of lines of code. It seems like I have a body. And if it seems like something is the way it is, is that kind of enough? Um, because like you could argue like, how do we really know you're sitting on a chair, Brendan? How do we know you're not just floating there and you're going to fall in a second? Um now that's never happened before in the history of existence at least in the history of my existence the yep. chairs just disappeared yep never um, and never, I've never have heard I of that happening that. i've never heard no yep. credible stories of that ever happening so there's no reason for me to believe that would exist mm-hmm. um that w- that would ever occur so we should just move forward with the idea that our senses are real um and that um it's kind of an interesting thing to think about, but when you're driving around in your car, you're not like, hey, maybe all the traffic will disappear and I can just pedal the metal floor it. You don't make that decision. You break and you don't hit traffic because you don't want to get in a huge car accident. Yeah. Um, there are practical limitations to this mm-hmm. theory. Um, and so like, even if like someone just got on the megaphone and was like, hey guys, you're all living in a simulation, carry on. You know, we'd all be like, oh fuck. But really like we'd still... Kind we of have just to go to like, work tomorrow. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we'd still, you know, have to do all of the same things, all of our same responsibilities, all of the same things that we'd normally do. Yeah, we we still have those. Um, reality hasn't actually changed. Just like sort of our understanding of what reality is, maybe has changed, but um, a day to day life theoretically wouldn't change all that much. There would obviously be some like panic mm-hmm. because now all of a sudden there's a big voice yeah. talking from the sky. But you know, um, once once that passes, then. I think I think uh, things would be pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, as I said, theoretically, you are not the 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 human like, or you are not the flesh uh, version. You are uh, more uh, more uh, prob- probably uh, the code version. Yeah. But you know, chances are you could be the flesh one. You know, go you. <laughs> go you. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so I now I would like to move towards my okay end of episode uh, thing. So there is there was um, actually a study done recently that sheds um, like some sort of answer to this whole problem. Um, and it was back in like the end of September. Oh wow! So, you know, pretty recently. P- pretty like, recent. You know, four five months ago yeah. however much the wow. math is um and yeah i guess like five months ago and um so there were these uh two scientists um were they're sort of like quantum physicists um literally like they study the most complicated shit imaginable um and so they were studying the nature of these quantum particles and how they move and how they do weird stuff and quantum particles are really weird because it's really hard to predict what they're going to do um and we just don't have uh, a great understanding of them yet so these guys um Zohar Ringel and Dmitry Kovrizi. I don't know how to say their names. It sounds about right. They're two scientists um, at a university. I think they actually work at separate universities. Um, They they discovered that it would be to simulate, um, that to simulate one of these, a certain kind of particle, a certain kind of quantum particle, uh, I think they're calling it here. God, it had a name, but it doesn't really matter. Um, a certain quantum particle that exists to simulate uh, multiple of them is exponential. So to simulate one, it takes a certain amount of computing power. To simulate two of them, it takes twice that computing power. To simulate three of them, it takes twice that computer computing power again. Um, and so it's doubling each time. And so we end up with a massive amount of computing power at only just a couple hundred of these quantum particles, which is a very small amount of space. You know, we're talking like a few hundred atoms or not even that much space, mm-hmm. like a very small amount of stuff. Um, just to simulate a few hundred of these particles would take um, a computer that has more atoms in it than are in the known universe. Uh, and so... And it is, I I don't know, like I have the article pulled up and we'll like have it on our website. And if you're really smart, you can read it. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm not smart enough to really comprehend what it's talking about. Um, Cause I just don't have that like advanced math knowledge, but uh, it's saying that like um, our system of computing, like could not po- like we could not possibly simulate our own reality with computers as we know them today even if we had a computer literally the size of the universe to do so like we couldn't even simulate these uh couple hundred uh molecules and so the argument there is this is an argument that we are not in a simulation because look at how difficult to simulate even these couple hundred molecules would be mm-hmm. um and so if we are in a simulation at least it is of some technology that we have not even conceived of yet. Yeah, it's it's yeah, which absolutely. is again theoretically possible, but um, it 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 sheds a little bit of of uh if 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 you're um unsettled by the idea that you might be in a simulation, this is at least some sort of evidence that we are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be a uh, human civilization that is simulating our uh us today. Or it could be an alien simulation, you know, an alien race simulating mm-hmm. what we know today. Um, chances are they're trying to learn um, about our history and what we've done. 
that is that is what we've come to the general consensus of. Uh, it could also be for entertainment. Uh, a lot of people said that too. Uh, but one thing that we know for sure is that uh, this theory is definitely not about using humans as batteries. Yeah, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and even like you're talking about like type two and type three civilizations. Um, there's this idea that in the late stages of, of uh uh technological like exponential progression which is like the singularity uh we were talking about earlier like in the late stages of that like all the matter in the universe would be converted to quote-unquote like intelligent matter so like the entire planet earth would be converted into one big computer that's that has uh advanced consciousness within it and then beyond that just the rest of the matter of the universe would be assimilated into one giant computer and so theoretically we could be living in the simulation we could be living in that universe sized computer um, in a simulation. Um, but of course the argument being the computer would have to be a fundamentally different type of computer yeah. than what we very, very different from what we have work today. Um, um, that really brings a new, uh, a new meaning to the phrase mother earth, mother earth. Yes. Cause it would be, cause it'd be conscious. Yeah. That was, that was, yeah. And mothers are conscious and mothers are conscious they tend to have yeah. <laughs> thoughts. Yes. And things. Um, <laughs> You brought up like the human brain earlier and that it's really, it's really complex. Um, yeah. Like there's more connections in the human brain than there are stars in the universe. And that's true. I think yep. operations to do one second. Right. Um, and it's interesting to think about um, something I know. I know a little bit about how the brain works just from classes I took in college um, that uh, they kind of, it kind of does work similar to the way that code works. Like code at the very basis is an on or off. It's a one or mm -hmm. a zero one being on zero being off. Um, and our, our neurons in our head kind of work the same way. They either fire or they don't fire. There's no in between there. Yep. Um, there's no like half firing of a neuron. So, and just from that simple interaction, then we have our entire consciousness comes forth. So um, just from that perspective, it's semi uh, feasible that like just, you know, a similar basis, you know, yeah. just a similar could, on and off basis. Yeah. It could be able to replicate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, we don't know if we're in a simulation. Uh, if we are live life the same, uh, if we aren't, you know, we're not in a simulation. So there's nothing to forget about. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, instead you should be freaking about, uh, freaking out about why we haven't found any intelligent life out in space. Cause, uh, that makes me depressed that we're the only ones. Um, it could also be, um, with the Fermi paradox, it, it, it could also be that, you know, over everything that has happened, we are the first ones or we are one of the first ones, mm -hmm. which, which is far, far less likely, but, uh, it, yeah. it's still a thing that is in the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have anything else you want to say about simulation theory, I do want to talk about Finland for a little Ooh, bit. Um, I'm in for Finland. <laughs> uh, we we talked about how Finland doesn't exist a couple episodes ago. Um, yep, and, um, and about, it wouldn't exist in the computer simulation either. Right, yeah. Um, and that's real easy. You just don't even code Finland. So maybe that's our <laughs> argument for why Finland doesn't exist. It's just, we just you save just, a bunch of time. Just, just make it all code water. It. <laughs> um, so I posted about, um, I've been posting on the, the Finland, Finland conspiracy Reddit, um, trying to understand their ideas or talk to them. Mm -hmm. And I actually found some more information that I didn't find in my original research. Uh, there's a vice article about the guy who originally posted the Finland's conspiracy. Um, and basically it's just them interviewing that guy. And he's like, yeah, I, all that stuff was made up. Like 
all of that. <laughs> like that was just something my dad told me once to screw with me. And, um, I posted it on the internet and a bunch of people took it seriously. And now like when I'm out drinking with friends, sometimes I tell them about the time I convinced the internet that Finland isn't real. Um, <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I took that vice article, um, and I just posted it on the Finland conspiracy Reddit. Yeah, like, yeah, it makes sense to do hey that. guys, what do you think about this? <laughs> and uh, so the original poster actually literally responded. The Raragon, who posted, who is interviewed in that Vice article and who posted the very first comment, actually did respond to this post. Oh. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm, I'm, sort, I'm starting to think like, uh, like a lot of these guys are really deep trolls, like really deep um, trolls because one of the, the like um, moderator for this forum is PM me nice messages. Um, and then like one of my responses I got was someone whose name was PM me nice molars. Uh, <laughs> and so I think there's just like a couple dudes or just one dude who has this naming format for, and they're just all buds and they just <laughs> screw around with people. Um, and then there's even, there's even, I found out a second Finland conspiracy Reddit where it's, it's like uh real Finland conspiracy. And it's like, and it's literally the main post is like for all those who are all those of us who aren't trolls and are really taking this seriously. Um, and it has like, <laughs> it has like three posts. It's not really taken off. <laughs> um, so I posted this article, the Vice article, and and the original Raragon posted back, which I'm like really surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would be honored. super interested. Uh, he said, I had to pretend I didn't believe it to get more exposure. It's, <laughs> it's quote unquote funnier that way and would get more attention, bringing more people to our cause. That's um, gold. <laughs> right. Which is like, I'm really... <laughs> That's that that's like a real troll response. That's to a me. real troll yeah. response. <laughs> so um and then someone else posted, it's just gaslighting, don't pay attention to that poorly researched article. Um and then someone else posted, uh, have you ever been to Finland? Didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um and that person's name is World's Most Dad. So that's a great username. Uh shout out <laughs> to the world's most dad. Um so that's a little bit of like Raragon has gone on the gone on vice said it's not real, but then is now backtracking on the Finland conspiracy page saying that was just for attention. Um, you know, so we got a little bit of flip flop in here in the Finland conspiracy world. Uh, mm -hmm. Finland may exist. I mean, my gut response at this point um, is whenever I hear anyone talk about Finland, I'm just like, yeah, but it's not real. Like I was watching, <laughs> like I was watching, uh, I'm a big fan of esports, uh, sports. Yep. Um, and so Curtis knows I was I was watching um, Overwatch League right before we started recording today. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the guys um, in Overwatch League, um, they like have like a spot on him, like a little segment. He's like, "Yeah, I'm from Finland," and I'm just like, <laughs> "No, you're not." You're not. <laughs> it's just my gut reaction at this point. There, there's like every every episode we do, just my gut reaction is to just to. Clearly, go all in for for the conspiracy. Yeah, <laughs> this point. Um, yeah, so that's what uh, that's what's been going on in the Finland conspiracy world. Uh, and um, yeah, right now I'm thinking it's probably like eighty percent trolls. I think it's eighty, and then there's trolls. like twenty percent poor souls who have been like 
tricked into this and actually believe Finland doesn't exist. Um, I feel sorry for them. It, it's kind of like uh, the Vice article, I think, actually also made this comparison of like, there's no amount of ridiculous claim you can make on the internet that someone won't believe. Like, you can try to make up the most ridiculous thing possible and someone will think you're being serious. Um, and There's no amount of irony you can put into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people actually cite Onion articles as fact. That happens. Which is yeah. which is just like... That happens. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's because of these people that we do this podcast. <laughs> Without them, Without them, we'd have no content. We'd have no content. So thank all of you. Thank you. Um, um, yeah. A lot of people um, have, been, have been asking, uh, what happened to Joe Sakif and Anderson? This is a question that I've been getting online quite a bit. Yep. Um, and so, and so, I wanted to shed some light onto this. It's gonna be a, it's, it's gonna be a quick story. Um, so, uh, a couple months ago, when we were all recording together, um, uh, I think it was like, I think it was like a Wednesday or something. We're all recording. Uh, we finished recording. We were done for the night. Um, and somehow, some way, uh, the government. Uh, was able to find us. Yeah, the government found us. They and, drove up in their government car. And 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 they raided uh, our recording place. Yep. And so and so we all dispersed and we all went underground as fast as we could. Yeah. Uh, Curtis and I, you know, Curtis is my dad. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's true. <laughs> um. So Curtis is is my dad. So we just went to our you know our underground base. That our we've underground established that base our family bunker. has. Yeah. Um. You know Anderson. Uh, Sakif and Joe, they all dispersed and went out into their underground bunkers that, you know, we all have access to. Yeah. Um, uh, and so uh, every so often uh, we're able to get one of them or even all three of them back on the podcast um, because they're able to uh, resurface. Yeah. But but it's 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 sparse, you know, because they're trying to stay safe. Exactly. And, uh, you know, they their bunkers weren't as decked out as ours was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I don't even really know about their bunkers because... We've never been in them. Or maybe they're not even in bunkers. Maybe I'm outing them too much already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, watch out for the government. Watch out for the government. They, they'll they show up in there. They'll, they drive a big black van and it says the government on the side yep. of it. Um, they're, they're always large black vans and they're always tailgating. Yeah, they're really close to you. Um, they actually drove the van straight into Brendan's apartment. Yeah. Like straight, and he lives like upstairs and so they drove up the stairs into his his living room and got out of the van and that's how they got there so quickly and then we just went underground yeah um so uh yeah so that's why uh, you're generally hearing just me and curtis yeah uh, it's, most it's of the for, time it's for safety um we're gonna try and get them back on the podcast but as i said you know it's really just for their safety because uh, we're able to record from our bunker you know yeah we, our recording bunker we share it that we have yeah. um and i'm i'm brendan's father <laughs> curtis is my yeah. father. Uh, that's fact. That is fact. So <laughs> um, I think that's about all we have for this week. That's all we have for this yeah. week. We just wanted to lay on some truth, lay on some very true uh, scientific uh, philosophical theory. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this episode was very different from our normal episode. So let us know if you liked this type of format. Um, and you can let us know that you like that type of format by taking our survey. Go mm-hmm. to tiny.cc slash MWRcast and take our five-minute survey. It really will help us out or really put us in the direction of where we're going for the year. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at MWRcast. You can find us on our website, Um, If you like the music, 
check out uh, Christian Tadino. Um, he has a SoundCloud, so he check him out music. there. Um, in a couple Except weeks, that one song we did last week, he didn't make that song. He did not. <laughs> um, in a couple weeks, he'll be on the podcast. So heads up for that. Oh, Pretty also, dope. also, um, here is a uh, an important announcement. Um, this is tied to all of the facts we just told you. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, starting, starting, starting this week, um, we are going to be putting out, um, uh, an episode every two weeks. Yeah. Um, Curtis and I, you know, we're only two people at this point. Um, so it's getting difficult. You know, we have, we have other things outside the bunker that yeah, we have we to got, do. We have bunker jobs. Well, it's all it's all one big bump bunker. Yeah. You know, we have our bunker work. We go to the bunker carnival and work there. Yeah. Um, that we have to do. Uh, and we have so, jobs. This is this is merely a hobby. We're glad that you guys listen. Yeah. We truly are. Um, it's really awesome uh, that you guys reach out to us and talk to us. And you know, we're not going to stop the podcast. Right. Um, you know, we're going to keep doing it. But we need some time to be able to uh, accurately uh, and you know correctly get these episodes yeah. out and and have. Uh, you know, have time to do the research. Yeah, and and live our lives in the bunker. Yeah, because it, because I mean because it's not there's not as many of us as there used to be. So um, it takes it's more work for the two of us. Whereas yeah. between five people was significantly less work. It was really easy to make an episode every week. Um, and with just two people, it's harder to make an episode every week. And I gotta go work at the bunker carnival. So yeah. Um, and and power the bunker Ferris wheel, and that takes a lot of work and cranking. Uh, mm-hmm. and so. Unless you want the bunker Ferris wheel to stop, then it's got to be this way. Yeah. But it's going to be okay. We're still here. Um, we're still listening to you guys. You can send us like a whole bunch of money. We'd probably start doing it every week. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Pretty much. We're always open to you sending us a whole bunch of money. A whole bunch of money. Yeah, bunker takes USD. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin, whatever. Bitcoin. Euros don't care. Bunker doesn't care. Whatever, whatever, whatever sort of currency that you want to send us. Yeah. Um, we love that, but, uh, you know, we're a bunch of it. <laughs> um, but for the meantime, we're going to be doing episodes every other week. Yeah. So our next episode is going to be two, weeks, two weeks from, from, from today. yesterday. We are. Yeah. From yesterday. Cause from we're yesterday. a day late. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Uh, once again, thanks guys for listening. Um, you know, we'll see you in the next one. Yeah. Wake, Wake up, up sheeple. Curtis, now don't pee in the corner of the bunker.